0: Welcome back to 2 Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut. I went keto in 2016 to reverse diabetes and lose weight. It's my mission to spread the science of keto and to show the world how cooking is necessary for keto success Uh, and bacon.
1: And I'm Carrie Brown, and I also live in Connecticut, just a different part of Carl. I'm a trained pastry chef who went keto to control and eventually eliminate symptoms from bipolar 2 disorder and depression. I take no medications, I have no symptoms, and it's my mission to show the world that keto food is not only delicious, but it can be better than any other kind of food.
0: You got it. And this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in ketosis.
1: Our experiences reversing diabetes and depression and feeling better than we ever have before.
0: And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking.
1: Well, we are definitely not doctors and we don't give medical advice.
0: Right. We just want to share our experiences and review the research that supports it.
1: And don't forget the bacon.
0: Oh yes, bacon. We share our recipes too, and any science that we find in the show notes.
1: This is a science-based show. Carl brings along the body science and I bring the food science.
0: Right, so let's start podcast number 154, Keto Wellness with Alan Meisner.
1: Carl, do we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show?
0: No, uh, that was 153 Catching Up with Richard Morris. And no, I think if we had any corrections, they'd probably come from Richard Morris.
1: (laughs) We love Richard (laughs) Morris. That was a great, it was really great catching up with him.
0: It was great, yeah. That
1: was a good show to record. Well, they're all good shows, but you know, for some reason we have a soft spot for that Mr. Morris.
0: We do, don't we?
1: Before we start with Alan, let's explain in plain English what a ketogenic diet is.
0: Right. So that's any diet that puts you into a state of nutritional ketosis, where you're burning fat for energy rather than glucose. And the way we did it was to limit our carbohydrates to 20 grams or less every day and have a moderate amount of protein every day, one to one and a half grams per kilogram of lean body mass. And all our energy comes from fat.
1: Fat? Really?
0: Fat. That's what I said. Uh, If you're just starting keto, listen to our Starting Keto show at start.2keto.com. So, Carrie, my Carrie, what on earth is new with you?
1: Well, it's been a very cooking kind of a week. Mm. I'm in the last stages of a project that I'm working on with the lovely Kim Howerton. Nice. And um, that's involved some cooking. And so I've been cooking up up a storm. It's also been really cold in Connecticut, but I'm not complaining because it's been beautiful. It's been blue and sunny and Mm. gorgeous to look at as long as you were inside somewhere that had a heater. (laughs) I I also am not complaining because I know in the Midwest, it has been like ridiculously cold.
0: I think the lowest temperature recorded was 55 below zero Fahrenheit.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. That's I a- Actually, I had a bit of an oops this week in that my garage was so cold that I decided I was just going to use it as a huge walk-in fridge. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> I bought a, ca- a cabbage and I went in there this morning actually to get the cabbage out to, to use it to concoct a new recipe. And Let me guess.
0: Something had beat you to it.
1: <laughs> no, it no? was it was frozen so hard I could have used it as a bowling ball.
0: <laughs> oh wow.
1: Yeah. It was so I couldn't use it because of course when you freeze cabbage it goes weird yeah. and
0: Yeah, it destroys the cells.
1: It destroys the cells. So um that's mm. my cabbage turned bowling ball story for today. <laughs> um Well,
0: why don't you turn it into a bowling ball? <laughs> that's a good idea, actually
1: i could actually (laughs) down my drive my drive i could use that as a bowling alley a little
0: shellac (laughs) you're good to go
1: anyway so i've been cooking there's keto barbecue sauce coming there's creamy barbecue prawns or Mm. shrimp depending on where you are as to what you call them
0: Mm.
1: there's um strawberry mousse coming there's for those of us who like a bit of like fresh fruit in the, in the middle of winter. So there's some <laughs> strawberry mousse coming. There's some chocolate fudge cakes coming. There's some hot bacon slaw made oh. with non-frozen cabbage. Right. And uh, there's some smoked salmon-baked eggs coming. There's also some ice cream. I'm in the last stages of trialing all the various different sweeteners for the ice cream. Okay. So that's coming. And also... In the next couple of days, there'll be those those donuts of yours. That,
0: oh yeah, those donuts.
1: They took a bit of a backseat, but we still have to figure those out. So
0: they're a little more work to do because of all the lard and uh, the, or the tallow, or whatever you cook them in. You know, you have to have to do a little more prep.
1: But I've got my fryer and I've got my fat, and I'm I'm almost ready to get back on those. So nice. What about you? What have you been up to?
0: Well, as you can probably hear from the echoey walls, I'm not in my studio. I'm in a hotel room in London, right across from the Westminster Bridge. On the other side is Big Ben and Westminster Abbey and the Queen Elizabeth Center, which is where the NDC software developer conference is that I spoke at.
1: I used to live literally a stone's throw from Westminster Bridge. I was maybe a five-minute walk from Westminster Bridge when I was studying.
0: On which side?
1: Uh, on the south side, so I was okay. studying at uh, University of the South Bank, and my student wow. accommodation was just a, a little five-minute trot from Westminster Bridge, so that's like, you know, I've got some some great, great memories of that very area.
0: Wow, that's cool. So you're on the London Eye side, the south yes, bank. Yes, 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 I yeah. was on the south bank. Yeah, very cool. Well, it's it's great. I mean, the weather's been a little bit weird here. It's been, you know, Londony kind of wet and drizzly and Uh, gray. Seattle-y, yeah. Um, But uh, anyway, uh, I had lunch with Nick Mailer, who works here uh, in Soho on Tuesday at Zellman Meats. And if you've been watching our social media, you'll see their menu and a few pictures that I took. Um, And it's Friday as we record this intro to Alan's interview, and I'm about to head back to Zellman right afterward with Richard Campbell, the other Richard, that I do the other podcast with, .NET Rocks, which is all about software.
1: And we so. love our Nick Mailer. So oh, I'm yeah. super excited to catch up with him in um, in about six weeks at uh, in Boulder at Amber O'Hearn's Carnivory Conference and also at Low Carb Denver.
0: That's right. Um, he said that he had an incident here at Zellman Meats. He got some Chateaubriand, which is, you know, a tenderloin dish, and it wasn't fatty enough. So he actually sent it back and said, this isn't fatty enough, and they actually changed it. Uh, somehow they left the fat on or something. So he actually changed the restaurant to put more fat or to have fattier cuts of meat.
1: It's hard not to accommodate Nick Mailer.
0: Yeah, he's just so darn polite and nice about everything yeah. Uh, i also think i may have cracked the code for keto pasta
2: what
0: yes i'm not telling anyone how i've done it until it's perfect and next week i'm going to spend some serious time in the test kitchen by next week's show you'll know whether or not i was successful and yes dr barry you will be the first to know
1: so i may have to um, invite myself over it sounds like
0: yeah yeah. I mean it and it may have implications for all kinds of um, baked goods in the keto space. The way that I the thing that I've figured out how to do makes it very uh, sticky like bread.
1: Wow. Like
0: dough. Anyway, I might have some pasta to show off at the Keto Mini Fest this weekend, which you can sign up for at meetup.2keto.com if you're in my neck of the woods.
1: So, talking of the Minifest... Real quick, what is our theme?
0: It's tapas and Spanish wine. It's a Spanish theme. We might have some Spanish music playing in the background. Yeah.
1: Well, my desserts also are going to be tapa ish They're not going to be Spanish, but they are going to be lo- three or four different little bites of dessert. Small bites. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's great. All right, well, let's give away a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug to a lucky member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club. And, of course, the new mugs have Carrie's mug on them, not Richard's. So anyone who has a mug before 2019 has a collector's item.
1: So who's the winner, Carl?
0: Uh, Today's winner is Apple Valentine, and I'm not kidding.
1: Go Apple!
0: That is Apple's name, Apple Valentine. It could be a stage name, I don't know, but that is the way apple registered in our fan club
1: that's awesome and if you don't want to wait to win a coffee mug you can get one online at gear2
0: right okay let's read some uh what are we going to read what is it called again some uh,
1: posts are we going to look at some posts carl posts! You weren't, letters.
0: <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No, I
1: wasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, the post today comes from Captain Kirk on the Great Big Public Keto Before and After thread, which is on the Ketogenic Forums. It's a free forum. If you haven't checked it out already, lots of great people over there. Twenty-five to thirty thousand users, and it's very civilized, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Captain Kirk writes, Okay, here's my before and after shot, and we will share the picture on social media. In the picture, he still has 25 pounds to go, and uh, total weight loss is 117 pounds
1: Wow that is yeah. amazing actually amazing, I, amazing. I, I have a huge amount of admiration and respect for anyone who, who loses over 25 pounds 117 yeah. pounds is epic
0: It's epic and he says he's recovering from three hernia surgeries and interestingly enough one of my clients has uh, uh, had a hernia that never closed and he's lost 30 or so pounds on keto and he's feeling much better. He's losing weight so that he can have one final surgery that will work once for, for all. He said but anyway, Captain Kirk says, "While 2018 was the year of losing weight and fat, 2019 is the year of rebuilding all my muscles and toning, where 2020 will be the year of endurance." How's that for goals?
1: Wow, that's so exciting and impressive and all the things
0: there's also a picture of him uh chowing down uh on a bacon wrapped meatloaf which is two pounds of beef one pound of pork and one and a half pounds of bacon on the outside he says serves one incredibly well
1: we will (laughs) definitely have to post that picture on the social media next week we
0: definitely have to yeah Well, congratulations, Kirk. It's amazing. There's also a picture of him standing in front of shorts that are twice as big as he is. Uh, It's just great to see all of these success stories.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing.
0: Yep. Uh, Anybody talking to you this week that you want to call out?
1: Just more yogi love. The yogi love is never ending.
0: Oh, Yogi's like the new keto superstar.
1: (laughs) Yogi is the new keto superstar. Everybody's still talking about how he turned the instant pot into a smoker. And everybody wants to do bacon and eggs in a paper bag.
0: You know what's the greatest thing about Yogi? He's just so gosh darn nice. Yes,
1: and humble and gracious and... All those things. He's a fantastic human. Oh, 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 I do have exciting Yogi news. Oh. He he texted me this week and said that he has put his request in for Keto Fest and the gentleman who does all the scheduling is going to do everything he can to get Yogi up to New London in July so that we can hang out with him. So that's super That cool is news. awesome.
0: Let's see if he can load the truck with hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Because rumor has it we're going to have cheeseburgers on the parade as well as a pig roast. Yep. And the cheeseburgers will be bacon cheeseburgers on a grill. And um, with cheese, hopefully that's donated. And also the buns will be from Fox Hill Kitchen. So those are going to be amazing.
1: Because Julie is awesome.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is going to be a great Keto Fest, kids. We,
1: we got lots of uh, new things planned. We've got, there, there's a lot of cool stuff coming, so. Right. And if you haven't yet signed up to receive all the notifications about all the KetoFest 2019 things, you can just go to ketofest.com and click on the first link and pop your name and email in there, and you will be the first to know as soon as KetoFest is launched.
0: And it's going to be a big KetoFest from the size of that list. There's 600 people so far in that list.
1: That's, that's- Oh, my. That's super cool. I'm I'm really excited to meet a lot of new people and to uh, have a lot of fun.
0: Right. Okay. Now let's uh, roll the interview that we did last week with Alan Meisner. Alan, of course, is uh, the guy who did the on the lawn fitness lessons at Keto Fest for the last two years. He also did a talk at Keto Fest last year, and he's got a lot of interesting things to say about fitness. And uh, let's just hear from him now. Well, on the line today, we have none other than Alan Meisner from the uh, 40 Plus Fitness Podcast and other podcasts. And Alan also has been the fitness instructor at KetoFest for the last two years. Welcome, Alan. Uh, thank you, Carl. And yeah, I,
2: I don't really do and love KetoFest. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, so, uh, you know, you have this podcast about 40 plus fitness and generally you talk about how lowering carbohydrates helps you be well not just you know fitness for weight loss but fitness for being well wellness I guess is your thing isn't it
2: yes yes um and then I I released the book the wellness roadmap when I realized that what what I was actually doing for my clients um by helping them make you know health and fitness decisions uh, was helping them reach that goal however they would define that themselves
0: Cool. So, uh, where do we start? You know, we've got a bunch of people who have done the ketogenic diet here to reverse diabetes and lose weight, and um, a lot of a lot of people exercise, but a lot of people don't. And uh, what? Where do we start?
2: Well, I think the core of it is is to not get buried in the tactics, which which most of us do. You know, they sit there and say, "Okay, like my, my tactic is I've got to go get on the elliptical machine or the treadmill and and just burn, burn, burn." Uh, the reality is that no one really gets joy. Not many people get joy out of spending hours on a treadmill. Uh, yeah. So what I prefer to do, particularly with my clients, and, and it's how it worked for me, was I sat down and I said, okay, well, why? Why do, why do I even want to do this? And uh, fortunately, if you're already on the ketogenic diet, you kind of started putting that together. You, you want to feel better. You want to be better. Um, and so you're, you're doing things positively for yourself. Uh, so it starts with that Why? And then once you have the why together, uh, then you can start putting together a vision. And I'll I'll give you an example of mine. Uh, I have a daughter and I was turning in, well, mid 40s. She was 20 something and she was getting into CrossFit and, and obstacle course racing. And, you know, she wanted to share that with me. So we talked about it a great deal. And then I realized, you know. If she ever asked me to go on one of these things, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would go, but I would Mm. be the spectator on the sidelines. Yeah. And I didn't like that idea. I was like, why why am I not participating in her life the way she would really want me to be? Mm. So we, we signed up for a warrior dash, which is a 5k mud run. And then I, I got to working out doing the things that I knew I needed to do to be able to complete that race and I had so much fun with her at that race that we decide, I decided let's do something bigger. So we signed up for a tough Mudder. Now this one was twelve to thirteen miles with obstacles, much yeah. tougher. And that required me to make significant changes. Um, I, you know, I was I was already starting to lose some weight because I was paleo, and then I sort of just fell backwards into keto uh, when I you know woke up one morning and I was like you know I'm really starting to shed weight again and. My breath smells funny. And I have to brush my teeth three or four times a day. <laughs> and I started doing some research and I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm in ketosis. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought a precision X and I started checking. like, sure enough, I'm in ketosis. And, um, I was, I was dropping weight. And, and that's one of the things I knew I needed to do, uh, to do the tough mutter was because I was, I was significantly overweight. Um, and I just knew for me to go that far, that long, you know, I needed to be stronger, I needed to have the endurance, but I also needed to shed some body weight uh, to make it possible for me to do the race. And, and so for me, fitness was uh, being there with my daughter, doing that kind of stuff.
0: So it wasn't necessarily, you know, a regimen of, of, um, of gym stuff as, a, as much as it was you wanted to just be active.
2: Yeah. It, it, did, it did, in my case, involve a gym uh, because that was convenient for me. You know, I having the, I did, at that time didn't have all the equipment I needed at home. Uh, I'd have my body so I could do body weight movements, but there really wasn't a convenient park or someplace for me to go do pull-ups. And, you know, so there were just different things. I said, you know, for me, the pros and cons uh, led me back into the gym right but that was just because that was my preference
1: so for you though it was having a buddy that really kind of got this the the ball rolling for you it was my daughter
2: yeah and so yeah. as a buddy it was like yeah i i i didn't want to be the old man that had to watch my daughter do things and over the years uh what i view as fitness has changed for me so fitness is being able to do the things you want to do So if you Mm. enjoy riding a bike, then, you know, do the things that make you fit to ride a bike. If you enjoy hiking, then do the things that make you fit to hike. If, you know, and then I'm looking at it from the perspective of my my great, my my grandfather just passed away and he was well into his 90s. Uh, He spent the last eight years of his life uh, in assisted living because he couldn't take care of himself. He couldn't literally get up from the toilet. Mm. So I have this other view of fitness of I want to be able to wipe my own butt when I'm one hundred and five. (laughs) it's an admirable goal (laughs) it is it is but i want to be independent i I don't want my daughter to be the one that has to take care of me i want to be able to take care of myself right and uh my my family's extended i've gotten married since all this happened uh and so now i have an extended family and i want to be there for them so the decisions that i'm making on a day-to-day basis on my fitness are all driven around that central premise of this is why i'm doing it and this is what fitness looks like for me.
1: So mindset then is really the thing that got you going.
2: Yes, it, it's it's the 90% of, of getting there for me. And I found that when people are really struggling, uh, you go back and you start asking them why. And it's like, well, I just want to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, okay, why? Well, will losing 20 pounds really make you that much happier? Mm. And if if the answer is, well, no, I'll still have a crappy job, I'll still be in a crappy relationship, and I'll still, you know, be unhappy, uh, even if I lost the 20 pounds, then you're just not going to do it. And that's why I spent eight years mad at myself, because I just didn't have that why in my head, I didn't, hadn't made the commitment. And once I had the why in my head, then I was committed. And so it was as simple as saying, you know, like I do to myself. And and through self-love, I started being there for myself. I started doing more, being more active, engaging uh, with active things. And that got my fitness level up, which allowed me to do more things. So that commitment's there. And I I kind of equated uh, when when you're married, okay, you know it's emotional, you know it's deep, and then you're committed to make that thing work. If your wife needs you to pick her up at the airport at five o'clock in the morning, guess where you are at five o'clock in the morning? Yeah. If your body needs you to be at the gym at five o'clock in the morning, you should love yourself just as much and you should do that.
0: Yeah, that's well said. Uh, I'm, I really appreciate the whole idea of being able to be fit without having to invest in a lot of gear and a lot of you know paraphernalia. Um, one thing that really impressed me about you is that you teach people how to just use gravity uh, you know, and this is what the yeah. whole CrossFit thing is all about, too, right? It's just about just using gravity to 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 work yourself out. Yes, most
2: of CrossFit is 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 just really about body weight movements. Uh, but there are you know there are implements they involve you know kettlebells and barbells and yeah. things like that. So they do use some tools uh, in the gym to reach a higher level of fitness. But for most of us. Body weight exercises will be able to get you as strong as you need to be. Right.
0: Also, um, what do you say to people who are, are very overweight and uh, about exercise when they're starting a keto diet? Do you do you tell them to drop a few pounds first so that, you know, before they do vigorous exercise to that so they don't strain their body? bones or things yeah
2: well here's here's the basics of it okay one one is the beautiful beautiful thing about the human body is if we give it the right form of stressor it will improve now what is the right kind of stressor and that is what i call the gentle nudge so if someone says you know okay so someone comes in let's let's just say they've got a a body fat percentage of 50 percent. so they're fairly well overweight and they want to start exercising. They've started this keto thing and they've got this extra energy. Uh, so they're bouncing around saying, look, I, I need to, I want to do stuff now. I right. want to make this work better. I'm like, OK, um, when you go out to your car in the morning to get in your car, are you a little bit winded? And they're like, yes. I'm like, OK, next time you go to your car, take one lap around the car. And let's do that for the, this, this work week. Five days is working. walk an extra lap around the car. They find after they've done that for a week, they're they're comfortable with that. Now now mm-hmm. they, they've gotten themselves up to a point where they can do this. So I say, okay, this week let's add another lap around the car. Mm. And I know that doesn't sound significant, but after only you know a few weeks of this, they find that now they can comfortably walk around the neighborhood mm. where they couldn't do that before.
1: But I think you're also what it sounds like is you're also. Um, you're giving them little things that they feel they've succeeded at because they've done it. And it was a small thing, but that act of succeeding, however small it was, gives you a boost in your self-esteem, which makes you more likely to keep going and more likely to take the next step, even if it's a baby step. That all builds on it, right? It it does.
0: Like making a list and crossing things off, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, the the core of it, you know, a lot of what I like to try to do with my clients, particularly the ones that are struggling with exercise, they'll say, I just really don't like exercise. I'm like, okay, let's stop making it exercise. Let's let's make it something that is a part of your day-to-day. So one example is if I have a client that wants to work on balance, I'll say, okay, what I want you to do is instead of sitting on your bed, put your socks on, I want you to put your socks on standing by the bed, have your hand reached out, but put your sock on by raising one foot off the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're, when you're in the kitchen doing the dishes, instead of turning and twisting and walking around, move side to side, you know, in a sideways shuttle. So this doesn't really take away from anything that they're already doing. They just make it a part of their daily task, and they're building balance. Walking an extra lap around your car or parking a little bit further away from the door at your office adds just a little bit, but it's already something that you're you're generally doing. I had my little spot when I was working corporate. I had my spot on the exact farthest parking spot from the office and no one else wanted to park there, but my truck was sitting out there by itself Mm. because I wanted to walk a little bit further before I got into the office. I, I encouraged my office. I asked them, I said, I, I need a standing desk. I want an adjustable desk. And they're like, okay. And they bought me an adjustable desk. So there's these little things that you can do um, that are part of just your day-to-day life that are going to help you improve your fitness. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to the gym and hire a trainer and do all those things. You can. And if you really want to start ramping it up later, you, you probably will want to. Uh, but just very small incremental changes that you incorporate into your daily life. Um, you know, something as simple as when your grandchildren are there, or your children are there, get on the floor and play with them. And when they get up three minutes later, you stand back up, they get back down on the floor, get down on the floor with them. Again. Mm-hmm. It'll, yeah. it'll completely change the nature of your relationship with them. They'll love it. And, uh, you're getting up and getting down is a form of exercise.
0: One tip that I've heard uh, and people do a lot is if they work in a high-rise building or even something with as few as five stories and they're on the top floor, let's say you work on the fifth floor, get off at the fourth floor and walk up a flight of stairs. Yeah. And if that if that is too much, you know, then, then don't do that. Do something else first, but and do that until it becomes easy and then get off the third floor yeah uh, you know
2: use use a bathroom on on a different floor you know I used yeah. to walk and then if the cleaning lady I don't know we had the cleanest bathrooms in the world she was in there seemed like she's in our bathroom all the time hmm. um, <laughs> but I would walk and I'd see if she's there then I'd just walk down the stairs use the restroom on the lower floor and then walk back up
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know uh, so just those little little acts over time uh, can make a significant difference
0: so what is the um, the physiological benefit to not just muscles, but your metabolism, your mitochondria, uh, when you when you exercise versus when you don't? Well, there there's so this is I could write a
2: whole book just on, on this topic, but I'll try to cut it down to a, a shorter conversation. Uh, you know, the core of it is this: our bodies were meant to move. Yeah, and when we're when we're moving. We're giving our bodies a, a lot of things that it needs. One is the toxins in our body, the, the metabolics of our cells, to get rid of the toxins and stuff that are created, to get rid of the byproducts, uses our lymph system. Well, the lymph system doesn't have specific muscles attached to it to make things move. The lungs have the diaphragm. The heart is a muscle. But your lymphatic system actually is only processed and things are only moved through it through the movement of skeletal muscle, which is the, movement and the the muscle we use to move around. So one, moving around helps keep your body clean. Okay, two, lifting and doing other things does add muscle mass. And muscle mass is critically important for us for a number of reasons. One, one is, as we age, uh, we face this thing called sarcopenia. So if you're over 35 years old and you don't do any exercise, you're probably going to lose about 1% of your muscle every year for the rest of your life. And over the age of 65, that accelerates. So if you can imagine 35 plus 35 is 70, how much of your muscle mass is now gone? And that's why we see as we get older, people get feebler, feebler, um, and they get smaller because they're not doing resistance exercise. Two things are happening. One is the sarcopenia where they're losing muscle mass. The other is osteopenia, where they're losing bone density. So when you're losing both of those, you're just getting smaller and smaller.
0: When you're talking about these people, are you talking about people on a standard American diet, on a low-carb diet, on a low-fat diet? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. If you're not
2: doing resistance training, your muscle has nothing, no reason to do anything. And, in fact, the funny thing is this. Um, let's say you were overweight and you were walking a certain distance each day. Mm-hmm. Um you lose 25% of that body weight or more. Now you're carrying a less amount of weight for that same distance. So if you don't add anything to it, you're actually now carrying less weight. So the muscles in your legs that were carrying that weight will begin to get smaller because you're not using them to carry the same amount of weight. So by doing the exercise and adding mass, you're helping to keep your mass steady. So you're, you can and at any age, you can improve muscle mass. So anytime you want to start is a good time to start. But the other thing is, and this is is the horrible statistic. I I hate this statistic is that one in one in three people over the age of 65 falls each year. Yeah. That's, that leads up just in the United States to 3 million visits to the emergency room and over 28,000 deaths. Okay. If you have more muscle mass, you're protected during a fall. If you have more bone density, you're protected during a fall. If you take the time to work on balance as a function of your overall fitness, you're less likely to fall. So, in the event you fall, you want to have more muscle mass as a protective measure. Right. So, everybody, everybody will benefit from doing resistance training. And it doesn't have to be with the heavy weights. Your body weight is, is more than sufficient to give you the work that you need. And, and Carl, you've seen it. When we do the workouts at Keto fest. Um, mm. I, I brought resistance bands, but beyond the resistance bands, everything else we did was with body weight.
0: Yep.
2: So a $25 investment in resistance bands and body weight, and there you go.
0: That's all there is to it. I've actually – have you seen these um, Tibetan squats that the – Sherpas do. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not familiar. I know, I know a lot of different squats,
2: but I, I have not heard of that one.
0: Well, I I have a friend who said he tried doing these because, you know, the, the whole traveling a lot and not having any gear and you can do these in your hotel room, you know. And he says after two days he was in so much pain because it's just like <laughs> using muscles that he hasn't used before. Yeah. It just goes to show you, you really don't need a, a, a total gym or whatever in order, to, uh, in order to do resistance training. No, you don't. But Carl,
2: you bring up a very important fact is when, when you do start a new program or start working muscles that you maybe didn't even know that you had, uh, you, you sometimes go through this intense pain a, a day or two later. And so what, yeah. your, what your friend was experiencing was a thing called DOMS, so it's delayed onset muscle soreness it's a it's a completely normal phenomenon it happens almost every one of us that does some form of exercise that when we're not ready quite ready for it Mm -hmm. we'll go through this but you know so doms should not be something that you avoid and it shouldn't be something that you charge straight for uh just because you're getting doms not getting doms doesn't mean you're not working the muscles properly you want to find that comfortable middle ground uh, where you are working and potentially not suffering from doms all that often uh as you get more fit, you're less likely to face DOMS. If you find yourself with DOMS, so I do want to say this, that the two things that you want to do when you do have DOMS, is you want to make sure you're getting plenty of water, which is particularly important for us, those of us on the ketogenic diet. Uh, and then secondarily, uh, you want to keep moving that muscle in what we call active recovery. So you don't want to do the same exercises again, but you do want to make sure you're moving around so that you're, again, getting good blood flow to those muscles to allow it to take all those uh, metabolic uh, waste things out so the muscle
0: soreness will subside. Good good advice. Also, we know that people who do a ketogenic diet tend to have less muscle pains and muscle cramping. And uh, this is just anecdotal. I don't, I haven't seen a study. So don't quote me on this, but I know from my experience that when I exercised before I was keto, when I had, when I wasn't in ketosis, it was painful. And, uh, last year I got out on my bike and rode around, a, a, I went so far, I couldn't even believe it. I was biking for an hour at a time, which I'd never done and no cramping, no soreness. I didn't have to stop and rest. It was the difference was night and day. So what you eat has a lot to do with how effective exercise is going to be for you. Do you agree? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, there, there are people who are completely comfortable
2: being sugar burners uh, and there are people who should probably be fat burners. And um, what I have found um, is that particularly folks that are insulin resistant, they they need they need to be fat burners because their body just doesn't handle the sugars well, um, and but there are there are plenty of athletes out there that can metabolize the sugars and they eat them and they do just fine. But right. the vast majority of us, particularly those of us that were brought up on the standard American diet, should probably try being a fat burner and, and see how that goes for you. Yeah, very good.
1: So, so Alan, you mentioned that it was important. Um, for us to drink water if we're exercising, is there anything else that would be useful for us to know in terms of what to eat, when, before and after exercise? Well,
2: if you're ketogenic, um, it doesn't You don't have to eat, you know, uh, your body is naturally pulling from fat stores when it needs it. Uh, You become very efficient at doing so Uh, at the beginning. If you're in the beginning of keto and you're exercising, you might find it a little bit more difficult, Uh, but you're the athlete that's not going to bonk in a marathon. You know, the reason people bonk uh, on mile 18 to 20 uh, or hit the wall, as they say, is they run out of glycogen in their muscles and their body isn't adept to using other energy sources. So they're, they're, they're sucking down the goose and drinking the Gatorade um, so they can get through that race. Um, a fat burner doesn't have to do that.
0: But a fat burner needs electrolytes, though. They do need
2: electrolytes and they need fluids. So, you know, yeah. you still want to make sure you're getting those things. Um, but the vast majority of us are, are not going to go that long. Um, your, your body carries enough glycogen in your liver and your, your muscles to run your body at a moderate pace for about 90 minutes.
0: Yep, we know also from anecdotes that people who exercise fasted tend to, to get the most benefit from fat burning. Do you have that experience?
2: A- absolutely, I've got, a, I've got a clients that I work with for weight loss and, I, and a, one of the f- first things I ask them to do is, is one, we cut our carbs down to get to that point. And then once we're down there, I'm like, let's go for a daily walk, fasted in the morning for 30 minutes. And, and that will, that will help um, them continue while they're in the fat burning mode, you know, particularly in the morning and then doing the slow walk, uh, they're going to continue to burn the fat. Now, sometimes if they're a little bit more fit, we'll talk about doing some high intensity interval training, fasted. Mm. Uh, but that's that's down the road for most of us for most of us just doing a, a casual walk at a pace that you know you can have a, a general conversation with uh with your friends you know walk the dog whatever uh those are the types of thing activities that I I try to get people to do fast when when they want to lose body fat and this does speed it up another another trick um and there's actually a study that proved this um is what if you walk for about 5 minutes after you finish eating your your body is not going to have as as big of an increase in um, sugar blood sugar. Huh. So if you're looking to try to stabilize blood sugar after you have a meal, particularly one that does have some carbohydrates in it, go for a short walk.
0: A five minute walk. Five ten minutes. Wow. Yeah. Interesting.
2: You know, I I do something uh, with ketosis that's a little bit different, um, and I I guess I should talk about it, because if someone comes and listens to my podcast, they'll be like, well, why why did you have that guy on there, Um, or that girl on, uh, because I'm not specifically bringing on guests that talk keto, we're just, we're talking healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, one of the core tenets that I've found that runs across all of these, when you actually start talking about why one eating way is better than another is, 90% of the time what the what the word will come out is whole food. Right. You know, so many people want to find that, that go to thing. And, and I love bacon as much as the other, but you, you don't want to just try to live on bacon, you know, have it occasionally, uh, That's crazy talk. (laughs) I know. I know. I was say You might come to my podcast and not like exactly what I'm saying, but just just realize that our body needs whole food. And so, you know, I I completely appreciate people experimenting with carnivore, and I completely appreciate folks that want to sit there and and make, you know, these outrageous meals with with tons of bacon and things. That's fine. Uh, I think whole foods are are really what our body sees as food and needs as food. And so as much whole foods as you can eat – uh, you're going to be that much better off. And then I guess the final thing is, if you come listen to my podcast, you might find out that I'm what I call a seasonal ketosis eater. Um, I My ancestors are all from the Northern Europe area. And so I figured there were periods of time when they were complete famine mode, where they're eating animals, occasionally killing an elk or bear, but because they don't want to hurt themselves, they're sticking mostly to fish and, and game and smaller animals. And then when the spring comes it's blueberries and apples, but the whole berries with whole food with, you know. And so I think there's periods of time when it's, if you're not metabolically challenged, if you don't have insulin resistance, it's, it's okay for you to cycle off of ketosis for short periods of time. Mm. If you feel like that's what your body needs. And if you need to do that to get the nutrition uh, that your body needs.
0: And Um, you'll know if it's not working for you. You'll know. I mean,
2: uh, I'll do it and, and I'll say, OK, you know, I, I, I you know I don't feel good for a period of weeks, but then I'm like, you know, I need to probably get back into this. So I eat. I still generally eat a ketotic diet, high fat, low carb during the year, but I don't say no to fruit during my feasting period.
0: And I appreciate your point about whole foods that if you look at any of the major diets that are out there, you know, for people getting well, the, the thing they have in common is cutting out sugar and simple carbohydrates, which are by definition processed foods. Yeah. Alan, where can we read more about you and, and hear your podcasts? Okay. Well, I've set up a page just for uh,
2: two keto dudes you can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 2 keto dudes, And I'll have a page there that will talk about the podcast, it will talk about the book, and uh, a little bit about my online personal training.
0: That's great. Alan, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Alan.
2: Thanks, Carl and Gary. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right.
0: Bye-bye. I really like Alan. He's a sweetheart of a guy.
1: I'm really looking forward to meeting him in July um, at Keto Fest.
0: It's going to be great. All right. Well, this is the point in the show where Carrie shares one of her coveted...
1: Recipes! Recipes!
0: Come on, say it. Recipe? Oh, come on. You're killing me.
1: You want a recipe, Carl? (laughs) No, I (laughs) want a... Recipe!
0: Say it like a Muppet.
1: I'm still working up to that. I'll get there.
0: Oh, you can do it. I know you can. But anyway, Carrie is the lady with the recipes. She's got lots of recipe books out there, but she gives one away for free every week on this show. What you got this week?
1: So I... This may be a bit weird for the middle of winter for the people... (laughs) In in the north of America right now. But remember, it's not winter everywhere. And in some places, it is the middle of summer. Some places, it's
0: only four below zero.
1: (laughs) Right. So uh, this is a hat tip to Mr. Morris and our Antipodean friends who are dying of heat exhaustion right now. Yeah,
0: on the other side of the world, it's the hottest weather on record. So we have the coldest weather on record in Wisconsin and the hottest weather on record in Australia. There you all go. within two weeks.
1: Right. So whether, you, whether you're freezing your behind off or you're scorching your behind off, <laughs> this is a super fast, super tasty recipe. It's very simple. You probably already have all of these things in your fridge right now. Okay. It will be, you could actually just eat it on its own or you could have it as a kind of a side with a big old piece of steak or whatever other protein you fancy. Mm. So it is chicken and avocado salad. And oh. you're going to need a quarter a cup of water, half a cup of sour cream, a quarter of a cup of heavy cream. You're going to need some fresh cilantro, some sea salt, some scallions, green or spring onions, whatever mm. you call them, wherever you are. You're going to need a little bit of lime juice. You're going to need some cooked chicken, some cooked bacon, and um, a couple of avocado, and then lettuce. I use romaine because I actually really like romaine because it yeah. it's very crunchy, and that's yeah. one of the things that a lot of people miss. But you can use any exciting lettuce that you feel like using because that's just really the bed. Okay. And it's, it's very, very simple. What you're going to do is in a large bowl, you're going to put the water, the sour cream, the cream, the cilantro, the sea salt, the onions, and you're going to mix them all up really well. You're going okay. to add the lime juice. You're going to add your your cooked chicken that you've chopped into bite-sized pieces. You're going to add your chopped cooked bacon and your avocado. You've Of course, you've removed the stone, you've peeled it, and you've cut it into pieces, And you're Mm. going to gently stir everything together until it's completely coated in the cream mixture. And then Mm. you're just going to pile it on that bed of shredded lettuce or exciting lettuce. Leaves. so it's super simple i've had a lot of great feedback um about this recipe about how tasty it is so just really quick really tasty really simple delicious meal in a matter of minutes and you probably have all of those things in your in your fridge already so go make it
0: yeah what i like about this as it- as an alternative maybe to a Cobb salad or just any kind of regular salad that we would make. Usually when you get a salad, you have the dry lettuce, you have dry cheese, you have dry chicken, egg, avocado, tomato, bacon, cheese, whatever mixed up. And then there's like some sort of uh, dressing that goes on top of it all. Whereas you have sort of combined all of those good things with the dressing, with, you know, with the wet ingredients and allowed those flavor profiles to build up really and then it's easier to incorporate into the salad. Like it, it it's like a meal on a on a salad rather than a dressing on a salad, you know. Right.
1: And it and it's actually super good for making a big old bunch of this in advance and then taking yeah. a pot every day. If you have a meal on the go, this would be fabulous for taking as a meal on the go Absolutely. or something that you can make in bulk and then have a, like a 30 second dinner where you, you get your greens and then add your salad and you're done. Great swaps. You can swap out the sour cream for, for full fat Greek yogurt. If that's what you have or that's what you prefer, the flavor will be a little bit different. It won't be quite as tangy, but you can do that. You can also uh, swap out thick coconut milk. That thick coconut milk—I mean, the stuff that comes in a can—for yeah. the he- for the heavy cream. Again, the flavor will be slightly different. But if you have that, that's a swap you can do. You can swap out lime juice for lemon juice, but the the lime does add a little something special to this. Oh, yeah. So if you have lime, I would stick with that. And if you cannot get or haven't got scallions, you can also use very finely chopped white or yellow onions instead. And we stick with white or yellow because they have quite a few less carbs than red or sweet onions. So white or yellow onions are your your best bet there. That's
0: true. Shallots are also a good alternative to onions because they're sort of like a half onion, half garlic, you know, and they don't have as many carbs as... as, uh, as onions do, especially those sweet Vidalia onions. Those are pretty sugary.
1: So that's that. There's some pretty pictures and the whole recipe. I will post a link in the show notes so you can go make it and have a yummy week.
0: That's great, Carrie. And that's a show. If you have anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, some more research that you've found to support or refute anything that we've said, send it by email to dudes at 2ketodudes.com or post it on our website.
1: You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at 2ketodudes. Make sure to use the hashtag 2ketodudes.
0: And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And you can have a look around the forum without needing to create an account by starting with success.2keto.com
1: Also check out our Facebook group The Keto Kitchen if Facebook is your thing and if you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce please consider making a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com
0: You can also see all our videos on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com
1: And if you haven't already, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how new people get to know about what we do.
0: Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low carb community with podcasts and other publications. And don't forget to keep calm and keto on.
1: That's right, keep calm and keto on.
0: And we'll see you next time on Two Two Keto Keto Dudes. Dudes.